Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. So we're still on the same teaching. The title is What the Enemy Intends for Evil, God Will Use for Good. And uh, as I said, this is our third teaching, and we're basing this teaching on Romans 8, 28, which is, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Again, this kind of contradicts the saying of, you know, everything happens for a reason. There's a purpose for everything. In other words, it's implying that God is behind everything, good and bad, and that there's a bigger picture. Definitely there's a bigger picture, but God not behind the bad, you know. Um, And it says when the bad happens to his children, to his people, he will take that and use it to benefit them. So we're Exploring the story of Joseph, I kind of read the first part of Joseph's story to you, a little bit of background on him and his family. And now I'm going to read the second part of what happens to Joseph. It's another another word, bad things happen to good people. This is exactly what happened to Joseph. He experienced a lot of trials, uh, but um, you'll be uh, happy to hear the outcome of it. So uh, right now we're going to continue the story of Joseph. So we're still in uh, Genesis 37 chapter 37 and i'm continuing with verse 12 so remember joseph was favored by his dad um and all the other brothers were jealous of him they were envious of him and uh, he shares his on top of the fact that they already don't like him he shares his dreams and they now even hate him more and he's the youngest and he's like i said favored by jacob his dad um, so verse 12 says, now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, remember, Israel is actually Jacob. God changed the name of Jacob to Israel. Okay, so in other words, Jacob said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. Verse 14 says, so he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. In other words, he's kind of saying, go spy on my other sons and bring me news. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron and Joseph arrived at Sechem. A man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. Uh, verse, um, so we continue with that verse, and this is verse 17. It says, so Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before the, he reached them, they plotted to kill him. So let's stop right here. So uh, Jacob is telling Joseph, go, you know, bring me news of what's going on with my other sons. They're out there grazing, uh, you know, the flocks. And uh, so he sends him as a messenger uh, to go pretty much check up on him. So he goes, first he's lost, and another man guides him to where his brothers are. So he finds them. But when they see him coming from far, they already remember they had this wickedness, this hatred, this envious, this, this envy, jealousy toward their brother and which had turned into something evil and wicked. And at this point, the Bible says that they plotted to kill him. They literally plotted to kill their own flesh and blood, their own brother. Um, So let's continue with the verse. Verse 19 says, here comes the dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that it was a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So they're saying, let's 
plan to kill him together, throw him in this cistern, you know, <clears throat> and then we'll tell our dad that, well, what happened is an animal devoured him. Um, so continuing on with verse 21, it says, when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from his hand, from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into, his, into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So at least one of the brothers is looking out for his younger brother, who is, who is Reuben. And, uh, you know, he's saying, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in this cistern and, uh, you know, leave. And then he has a plan later to rescue him, right? Um, <clears throat> So what happens next is we're going to continue in verse 20. It says, um, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So remember, his dad had made him this beautiful, elegant, the Bible says, ornate robe, you know. And they were jealous of that. So the first thing they do, they take the rope from him. <laughs> they stripped him off his rope. They were jealous of, you know, his material possession, let's say. Then they throw him in the system. So they agree with Reuben, like, okay, let's not kill him, but we'll throw him in the system. They're hoping he'll just, you know, starve to death there. He'll just, he can't climb out. He's going to stay there and die. And this way, we didn't kill him, literally, you know, with our hands, but he just kind of died of let's say, whatever, of starvation, of natural causes. Um, so continuing in verse 25, it says, As they sat down um, to eat their meal, they look up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and mirth, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. So there's a caravan of Ishmaelites um, um, that are traveling through they're on their way to Egypt and they see them while these brothers have thrown their brothers into a cistern. They don't care about him. They, they wish him to die. And, and then they sit down to have lunch. Can you believe that? Um, this is what wickedness does to people. Um, so while they're sitting and having their lunch, this caravan of people are um, passing through and then, so let's continue with the verse 26. It says, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, his, and his brothers agreed. So let's stop right there. So first of all, thank God somebody came to their senses and thinking this is wrong. Let's not shed his blood. But he's saying, well, let's kind of, you know, um, change plans. Let's just make some money off of him. Let's sell him as a slave. And that's what they do. So in verse 28 says, so when the Midianite merchant came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. So they literally sell their brother, their youngest brother, who's 17 years old, this innocent little guy who trusted his brother and came to them, you know, they sell him as a slave for 20 shekels to this merchant. And um, this is what jealousy does. It's sad. Anyway, so verse 29 says, um, when Reuben returned to Cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn to him? Apparently Reuben wasn't there when they decided to sell him into slavery. 
Um, verse 33 says, well, verse 31 says, they, then they took, then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So they lie to their father. They take that robe that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. They kill a goat. They dip it into the goat's blood and they take it to their dad. Kind of like, well, we don't know what happened. We don't know where's Joseph. All we can find is his robe. Like, you know, they let him make that conclusion that, oh, my son was devoured by a, you know, wild, ferocious animal. And that's what um, Jacob believes. So they lie to their dad. And it says that this made Jacob very sad. So it says 34, verse 34 says that then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. So, I mean, honestly, if these, if, if his sons truly loved him, would they cause this grief, this sadness, this brokenness to come on their dad? To me, it sounds like they didn't even care about their dad. Or maybe their hatred for their brother was greater than their love for their dad, which is so sad. Um but then there's, you know, this story has happy ending. So hang in there. <laughs> so verse 30, um, this is verse 36 says, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Okay, so imagine the 17-year-old, uh, you know, he's been stripped. He's been thrown in a cistern. Then he's been sold by his brothers into slavery. So he's completely separated from his family. He doesn't know what happened. Where is his mom and dad? And why did the brother, uh, or maybe he does know because of his jealousy, but his brothers hated him so much, they sold him as a slave. And now he's in a completely different land. As a slave, he's sold to Potiphar. And who is Potiphar? Potiphar is one of Pharaoh's officials. He's the captain of the guards. Um, so we're still going to continue with this story of Joseph because I think it's pretty fascinating, his journey, and it teaches us so much. So uh, hang in there, and it just gets better and better. So until the next teaching, God be with you, and God bless you.